Yeah, glare. Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott. From Sports Advantage, I'm here with my co-host, Coach Banshee, who's got the day off of school, I believe, today. Um, so we're going to fire a podcast at you guys. How are you doing, Coach? Doing really good. Yeah? We've got grades. you got to get grades done. we got all kinds of things going on right now in the school systems, right? Absolutely. Getting into the spring sports are starting up real quick. So a week from today... Brian, uh, track starts on March 7th. And then after that, you know, it's baseball and other sports like lacrosse and just a lot of things going on. You got some girls soccer and just all kinds of great stuff happening in high school athletics right now. Well, and, uh, you know, we just finished the state wrestling, um, you know, state hockey will be, you know, this is being recorded earlier in the week, but state hockey, you know, will be going on this weekend in Madison. You got girls basketball, boys basketball. We had state wrestling. Madison right now is just popping with coaches and it's, it's really exciting, you know, from us, you know, in Dane County, you know, where our mandates have been probably the strictest through this whole pandemic to see so many people coming into our city, so many kids getting to experience what they, you know, should have been experiencing for, for a couple of years now. And just, just the excitement that high school sports brings to so many kids, so many families, so many coaches. And, you know, that's why we love doing what we do, obviously. Yes, and with March Madness, that's Ooh. always an exciting time as well. So we get them tournaments going and, and see how your favorite team does in the NCAA tournament. Well, how about the job that Coach Guard has done? Unbelievable. I mean, I you know, let's be realistic. They were picked to finish 10th in the Big Ten, and they're going to share for sh- – I think it's almost certain that they're going to share a, a spot of the Big Ten championship. Again, all this will be taken care of after we record this, but – they got a chance to win the Big Ten outright after being picked to finish 10th. I mean, what an incredible job. And kudos to those kids. And obviously, Jim Snyder, who at some point hopefully we'll have on the podcast, strength coach who transitioned from being the hockey strength coach to basketball. What a difference he's made. There's been a couple of news stories about him here in the Madison area about what a job he's done. Yes, and we were just at our NHSSCA clinic which you spoke at and we got to listen to the volleyball strength and conditioning coach Kevin Schultz and I I know he will be coming on our podcast in the near future as well but he did it also an outstanding job at that clinic that was at Milwaukee down there in St. Thomas More. Well and as as part of our sharpening the edge uh, podcast today one of the topics we wanted to talk about was something that we were really impressed with with Lucas and this is something I've known about Lucas for a long time is uh, how he continually develops himself and, you know, from reading podcasts, obviously seminars, all those things we're talking about as a coach, you're either getting better or you're getting, getting past, you know, I don't, I don't think sometimes coaches get worse, but you're either getting better or you're getting passed up by people who are getting better. And there's so many opportunities now to, to make yourself a better coach to invest. I guess we can talk about both topics, Dean, that he talked about investing in yourself, you know, that we wanted to cover um, because at the end of the day, now you have Zoom meetings, you have podcasts, you have all those things. You and I, we didn't have that 25 years ago. There's so much, so many more resources for coaches nowadays to continually develop yourself. Yeah, we just, uh, Coach Megan and myself, just um, registered ourselves for the Georgia Tech Strength and Culture Clinic. And that is in April, and Inky Johnson's going to be there, the renowned speaker there. And whether it's Lots of great coaches, not only Lewis, but Lewis has been on our podcast already, but the Atlanta Falcons strength coach had 
coach there and the Dallas Cowboys strength coach. And then one of Buddy Morris's assistants at Arizona Cardinals is going to be speaking as well. So it's just an unbelievable lineup of speakers and, and so excited that I work with a colleague that has the same passion for strength conditioning as I do, as or I should say we, and he is going to be going down there with me. And that's going to be a great experience as far as learning and being able to bring that back to our high school athletes. And of course, you and I will be sharing that information as well, because it's what we do on a daily basis. God, I love that coach Mangan. Let's give him another shout out. He loves it when we give him shout outs, man, that guy, that guy's always getting better. Um, but I think it's really important coaches, you know, what worked last year might not work this year, you know, especially in the high school, um, high school coaching ranks or high school coaching things that, that you guys are all doing, you know, just because you had success last year running a certain offense or, or what you did in the weight room or, or whatever, that might not work this year because you don't have the same kids. And conversely, if you do the same stuff with, with more developed kids, you may actually be holding them back. So you always have to be adding to your toolbox. You know, we as strength coaches call, you know, our, our, our knowledge, our toolbox, you always have to be putting new things in there so you can keep improving you know, how your staff is led, how your kids are trained, how you teach leadership and culture and things like that. And you constantly have to be, and again, you know, these two topics go together, investing in yourself uh, from, a, from a coach and from a leading standpoint. Yes, it, it, there's no doubt about that, Brian. And, you know, just the podcast and the reading, there's just so much information out there right now. If coaches aren't taking advantage and kids, athletes, if you're not taking advantage, you're, you're really missing out because we always talk about that phone. That phone can be a competitive advantage. I always tell our athletes, the phone's not going away. And so how can you use that for a competitive advantage? And there's lots of great stuff on there. We're, we're constantly sharing, Brian. Hey, we see this guy, this coach doing this or this exercise or in this article. We're constantly sharing that stuff. And I bet you, you know, on a daily basis, it's continuing, continue education as far as the strength and conditioning field has just evolved so rapidly in just the last five years. And that's what's so fun about being a strength coach because you're always experimenting in your lab, which is the weight room, you know, your gym, you're, you're doing your speed stuff and trying to really figure out what works for each individual is I think the art of coaching. And I think too, Dean, as a coach, you know, we talk about putting your ego aside. Because there's people out there that are doing things that maybe you and I don't know, or that other people that are listening to this don't know. And being able to reach out with the thought process that, hey, I don't understand this, but I'd like to get more knowledge on it. I'll use myself as an example on, on some of the speed work we've done. You know, uh, I, I reach out to you and, and say, hey, what are you guys doing here? What, you know, I'm looking at this and man, your kids are getting faster and, and doing some of this. Tell me about this because I didn't have the knowledge on a couple of things that we've added. And so taking my ego and saying, you know, I was a division one strength coach and putting it aside because maybe there are guys at the high school level that are doing it better than what we do it in, in, in our gyms. Maybe there are guys in the professional level that are doing it better and being able to take your ego, put it aside and be like, this is a new concept for me. I don't understand it. And I, I've talked to you about this and I talked to other coaches. Hey, I see you doing this. I don't understand that, which really puts the, the, the conversation at a real easy conversation, because now you're asking for education versus 
coming across like, well, we do all this and we do all this and all this stuff works for us. And I see you doing, you know, when you try and pretend like, you know, but you don't know, you come off as, as egotistical and people, a lot of times, like when I get calls like that, I don't want to talk to people like that because if you're just trying to tell me what you know, versus, Hey, you know, can you help me out with this coaches? I, I can say this from my point of view, coaches are more apt to help coaches that, speak in a, in, in a situation of, Hey, I don't really understand this right now. Can you help me with this? So from your perspective, you know, you do all the different things, podcasts, seminars, um, videos. What is your favorite way? If you had to say one thing that if you could, if you could give Dean, our coaches, a get your edge way to get knowledge, what is your favorite way to invest in yourself? What's your favorite way? I'm you curious. know, some of the best experiences I had, that's a great question, Brian, is really going and visiting other coaches and seeing how they work a room, whether it's high school, collegiate level, pro level, if you have that kind of contact, and really watch how good coaches work the room and really feel the temperature out in that room. And then how they react with their coaches, how they interact, how they communicate, some things that they're doing motivationally, Culturally, I think those are big situations in which it's it's live experience. It's one thing to read something out of a book. It's one thing to kind of get a program. You can get a million of them off the internet. There's tons of them out there. But really watching people that are really good at what they do, I think has been the best experience for me, Brian. And coaches out there might get your edge advices. Reach out because we were just at the clinic and we made some great connections and we just recorded a podcast the other day from a strength conditioning coach that is in the Florida area. Yep. And he can't wait to come here. We can't wait to go there. We're sharing what's worked for us. He's showing us some new things data wise that really intrigued us when we did the podcast. And, you know, that's the best way to really learn, sit down, not, you know, be in a situation where it's not a PowerPoint presentation. Cause I think when you, when you have those, those are great, but that just gets you intrigued. That's kind of like looking at the book, the cover of the book, but when you really get in and really read the pages or you really get in and have that one-on-one -on -one conversation, build that relationship, have that connectivity. Then I think you get so much more out of learning from other people. And I look at it, Dean, for me personally, I kind of look at it like retirement. You know, when we say invest in yourself, continue to develop yourself, you know, when you started off as a teacher, you know, or, or some of you started off as teachers or in the job you're in, and you, you know, maybe you're 10, 12 years in a job, you know, you've put some money away, you've put some money away for retirement. Okay. That's just like gaining knowledge. Okay. If you constantly are gaining knowledge and, and that doesn't mean that every person you visit has to be someone that you're like, oh, I really like, you know, I've gone to visit guys and I'm like, you know what, that may work. For, and this is something I say in my presentations, this may work for you. It's not going to work for me. And that's okay. Because then you can see, like you said, real live experience of things that may be a concept that you don't understand. But if you keep investing, you keep putting that knowledge in the bank, just like you would put your retirement in the bank, your network grows, your knowledge grows, your ability to work with multitude of different athletes grows, whether you're a coach, whether you're a strength coach, however, but you have to keep doing it. You can't stay stagnant because so many things 
even when I look at things that really worked for us at Wisconsin in the early 2000s, I don't think I'd ever do some of that stuff. Now, that doesn't mean it was wrong. It just means that, you know, technology has gotten better. Knowledge has gotten better. The ability to share knowledge. We didn't have Instagram. You know, I couldn't go and look at Joe DeFranco's Instagram page or Louis Simmons' Instagram page or Sports Advantage's Instagram page to see what a method Monday is or, you know, what a dynamic effort lower body, you, you know, you'd have to try and find an article to read or you'd have to call the person on the phone. And so with today's technology, Dean, there's no excuse. You, you, can't, you can't make an excuse for why you're not trying to invest in yourself and create a, a better knowledge base for you to pick and choose how you're going to develop kids or coach kids. You know, the thing that really comes to my mind, Brian, is I think as a coach, if I was going to look back at my younger coaching days is don't be afraid to ask anybody for help, but do understand that people got a lot on their plates yep. and don't take it personal. If, if coaches don't get back right away, if coaches don't get back at all, I don't know how many times I've tried to reach out to coaches that I thought were gurus and some of them got back to me and were willing to share and, and gave a ton of their time and others never got a reply back. And, you know, as you get older, you just realize that they can't, they could be getting 500 of those people reaching out to them. So don't take it personal. And then also have an open mind that, Hey, I've learned a ton of great ways of training and helping athletes from high school coaches. Yes. Don't think just because somebody is at the elite level that they know way more than somebody else. That NHSSCA organization, I have met so many great high school strength and conditioning coaches. And let's be honest, you don't train a pro athlete like a high school athlete. And you have to be able to adapt. Yes, is there some similarities? You bet there is. However, you really got to understand when you're working your environment, you're working your high school weight room, you're working your collegiate weight room. Every setting is different. So don't be afraid to have people say no to you. You know, that's part of the process. And you got to have thick enough skin that if you really truly care about your athletes, reach out to as many people as you can. And that's one of the things that has really helped with us, just even through this podcast, knowing Coach Corella. You know, I told him we're coming down for the Georgia Tech Strength Clinic. He can't wait. He's jacked. Yep. And he's a guy that gets it because, you know, he'll be pro he'll be hitting me up for questions. It's like, I'm going to be hitting up him because I think the best coaches out there are always learning from everybody and they're learning in all different areas, not just strength. They're learning everything. Cause if you can bring something back to your program to make your kids better, that is big. When we just had the clinic, I learned a bunch of that stuff and it's so much fun as a strength coach going back to your setting and knowing what works the best for your kids and what you have with the equipment and the space and all the other things. But it's so exciting when you bring something new back. It's almost like Christmas for the kids. It's hey, we're gonna we're gonna do this exercise and we're gonna do this type of mobility drill that hey, so and so is doing it at Georgia Tech or or Arizona Cardinals. And kids like that, they like a variety. And it's awesome to do that as a coach because it changes stuff up for us as well. Well, too, Dean, I think a great point that you brought up that coaches need to understand is that, yes, you want to go see the best of the best, right? And yes, you want to try and message as many you know people to go visit. 
You also have to realize if you're messaging a college coach, and this is something that may or may not be talked about, or if you're messaging a professional coach, you know, strength and conditioning, let's say a strength coach, that guy answers to higher powers than just, so that weight room that he runs is overseen by the head coach, by the owners, by the athletic director. Some of those people may want to keep their shit or their ship, excuse me, you know, kind of locked up where they don't want other people coming in and seeing, you know, people that have success and there's, there's a paranoia in coaching sometimes that, Hey, we don't want to show what we're doing here. We want to keep being successful. So that's another reason sometimes coaches don't respond, not because they can't, but sometimes they're just like, Hey, we don't want a lot of people in our stuff because we want to keep, you know, and that's the wrong thought process, obviously, because there are no secrets, Dean, you know, you know we know that. Absolutely. And so I really agree with the thing you said about, Hey, trying to find other people at your level that are doing it at a very high level, because you can go visit a college strength coach. Chances are you may have, you know, a division one college strength coach. Chances are you have one or two athletes that are at that level of the athletes that he's training. So, and then go to the professional level. Now you're talking about the best of the best, you know, 15 to 2000 people in the world at that level. So you also have to take that with a grain of salt. You know, they have a different responsibility than you do training a 15 year old soccer player. So you have to understand what the needs are of the people you're visiting as well. Now, philosophically, you can talk philosophy and you can take anybody's philosophy and mirror it into your program. That's why I love the conjugate method so much that we've talked about a lot lately because I can use it with a 13 year old, which we do at Sports Advantage. I can use it with a Super Bowl champion, which I've done at Sports Advantage. I can use it with an NFL MVP candidate that we've done at Sports Advantage. And I can do it with a 30 year old mom like we do at Sports Advantage. You can do that in the high school level as well. So understanding your philosophy is really important as you invest in yourself and continue to invest in yourself. Yes. And the other thing, Brian, is make sure, you know, as coaches, you kind of got to research a lot of your people that you are going to try to visit or you're going to, you know, try to check out their information because just because a program is successful doesn't mean the strength coach is an awesome strength coach. Right. And I think you have to look at different situations. I, you know, I look at people that have consistently over time have got the best out of their athletes and they might not be at the biggest colleges with all the best four or five star athletes. I know when we used to take our kids down and to Wisconsin, when you were working down there, Brian, that was just an incredible experience. And you and JD were nice enough and the staff was nice enough to let those kids just get an opportunity to watch college athletes being a high schooler. And that was a big motivator. And our kids really enjoyed that time. Again, it was great that you guys would give us the opportunity. We would stay out of the way. We would respect what you guys were getting done, but it was an enlightening experience for our athletes. Well, I think what it comes down to Dean is, you know, if you're going to invest in yourself and, and you want to continue to develop, it goes into what we wanted to talk about with what Barry Davis talked about and that's ownership. Like you have to take ownership in your own development as a coach. And we always talk as coaches that athletes have to take ownership. Well, so do we, we have to take ownership in how you're, you know, Kimberly, you have to take ownership in how the weight rooms run. You have to take ownership in how guys like coach Hardy and coach Mangan and, and everybody else carries himself in that weight room. I have to take ownership in how 
you know, our Wanakee location is run, how Grant, you know, does when he's working with other athletes, how he does at Wisconsin Dells. I also have to take ownership in how my other directors lead their programs. And so, you know, when Barry talked about ownership, he was talking about, you know, his daughter, obviously, and parents, you know, those of you that have that, that are listening right now, the one of the main things that he talked about is that Amy always got herself up. If you want to be great, you have to do it on your own athletes. You, you know, people are going to help you along the way. He paid for her sessions. We trained her, but she got out of bed. She had breakfast. She got herself there on time or early. You know, usually she was 15 minutes early. Okay. She took the ownership in it because she wanted to be great. Sometimes parents, we skip, we skip a process, right? We want our kids to be great. So we start doing everything for them, getting them out of bed, planning it their whole day. You know, we're not enabling them to start to take ownership. And that's what Barry did. He also talked about that with his assistant coaches, Dean, is how he allowed some of those coaches to not only coach certain guys in the wrestling room at their weight level, but also, I mean, national champions. He had, you know, assistant coaches on the mat with them because he wanted them to develop as coaches, but he knew that they had to take some ownership you know, in order for that to happen. And that's, that's one of our pillars, Dean, you know, that at sports advantages, ownership, you own your effort, you own your body language, you own whether you're on time or not, you own your effort, everything that you do, you take ownership in. And that's one of the main things that great athletes have. They take ownership. Yeah. Going back to Barry, Barry Davis, you know, it was, it was just an unbelievable. You're talking about Olympic silver medalist, Yep. you know, and in the 84 Olympics in LA, you're talking about it, you know, a multi all American champion, Iowa wrestling, and and then coach, and you know, trusting in in your relationship and saying, yeah, could could he have trained his daughter? Absolutely, probably. But does he know as much as somebody that does that for their job? And I think that tells a lot about Coach Davis. Is he, he knows wrestling? Yeah, he knows how to work out, but he trusted somebody that knew more and. He let you run with it and he knew his role. And I think sometimes as a parent, that is very important to realize is, yeah, you might've been a great athlete in your day, but look at the strength and conditioning field has evolved so fast and so much, like we said, in the last five years that you got to own up to your own ability and say, you know what? I used to know what I was doing, but I haven't constantly practiced constantly research it and there's somebody out there that can do a better job than me and I think that's very important that was a great parental moment because I think sometimes as parents we want to do everything for our own kid and we want we want to do it the way we've done it if you do it the way you did it when you were that age you're behind now right you're behind the curve because everything's evolved so fast so for him to give that up and to trust yourself, Brian, obviously you guys got a close relationship and there's some connectability there and probably was the best thing for Amy. And then he didn't do everything for her. He made her set her alarm, get herself there when she could drive. But yet dad was there to communicate with you, talk to you and make sure he could help in any way possible, but not get in the way of you and her training. 
and in my scenario, Dean, we're you know, obviously being in the private sector, I think, you know, one of the best lines that I share with parents that we have discussions about is basically this, just because you played the game doesn't mean you can train the game, you know? Um, Great quote. Yeah. And a lot of us in, you know, we were, uh, most of us that coach have been athletes. Let's, I mean, let's be realistic. There are very few people that are in coaching that were not athletes and, and usually pretty decent athletes. Okay. Um, when you walk into somebody, to somebody's gym, or, or if you walk into basketball practice or whatever it is, you have to take off the protective gloves and you have to say, this is what my son or daughter's goals are. The one thing for me that I get a lot, Dean, that I, and I call parents on this right out of the get-go. Parent walks in and says, you know, my, I'm going to use a baseball player as an example. You know, he's, he's, he's throwing 82, he's hitting this. You know, I really need him to get this. I really need him to, to hit this number. I really need... stop, stop. You're not the athlete. You don't need, you know, what do you need him to do that for? Why? So you can go talk about him and this and this and that. The athlete needs that. He needs to be able, the conversation changes when you say, in order for him to do this, he needs to be able to do this. Not, I need him to do this so he can do this. When you take your, as a parent, you have to take yourself out of the equation. You have to take yourself out of the equation and realize that if you really, truly, truly want success for your child, they have to want it more than you do. They have to establish goals more so than you do. Now, that doesn't mean you can't guide them. You know, kids that are 12 years old, they haven't been through the experiences that we've been through, Dean, as 40 and 50 year olds. Okay. You're 50. I'm in my forties, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, so they haven't had those experiences. So your job as a parent, you know, if you, if they want to be a college athlete, if they want to be an exceptional high school athlete, which is what we tell all our parents, Dean, we tell all our parents, our job is to help your son or daughter have an exceptional high school career. And if they start getting recruited, then we start to take actions after that, but let's not put the water before the horse. Okay. So as a parent, you have to guide, direct, assist in some ways. But if you start doing it for your son or daughter, or if you start being overbearing for your son or daughter, chances are they're going to lose the love to play the sport before they even see like what they could actually accomplish on their own. Let them accomplish it on their own because they get more satisfaction and it brings more joy to them because they feel like they've really accomplished something and built that ownership that makes them successful through the rest of their life. Brian, that comes down to our last um, big major topic that Barry talked about and, and Lucas did as well. And, yeah. and he knows how important it is, but it's one of your values at Sports Advantage too is consistency is king. Yep. They mentioned, you know, Barry said, that's my get it, but get your edge advice is consistency and nobody is going to really get the best out of their athleticism unless they are consistent. And let's be honest, if you're going to be a better coach, you got to be consistent. You got to always be having a growth mindset. You got to be consistently learning because it's evolving so quick. 
you're an athlete, you got the same opportunities. If there's open gyms out there, you know, opportunities for you to get better. So many basketball hoops and driveways. You have an opportunity as an athlete to just get out there and work on your game when in the dark. You don't have to put it on social media all the time. You are constantly getting better. There's so much information out there in the net that you can get better if you got to put the work in and you have to be consistent. Dean, and I agree. And, and you know, working in the dark is definitely a great message. But I also think you should be proud of yourself as an athlete. You know, there's there's nothing wrong, right? It can't, it can't just be black or white on the, the social media things, right? Is that, are you a person that every single day you're showing what you're doing? Well, you're probably going a little too far. But if you hit a big PR in something and you've worked really hard, there's nothing wrong with showing that athletes all, you know, and, and being proud of yourself. You sh if you've worked hard, you should be proud of the results you got, no matter what anybody says. People say you have an e no ego or any of that stuff. No, if you've worked hard, put the work in, you need to be proud of that. Because quite honestly, Dean, and you know this as well, there's not a lot of kids that are ultra consistent. You know, think about this athletes as you listen. How many of you, and coaches as well for your athletes, how many of you can say you train three days a week, 52, 52 weeks a year? Three to four, you know, three days a week. That's 150 sessions. If you do that in high school, that's 600 training sessions. Now we know, Dean, as well as others, some days if you're in season, you're maybe you're training twice a week. Some days if you're in the summer, you're training four days a week. So that, that kind of breaks off into more of an average, you know, we talk to our kids about having an average, but if you're training 150 times a year on average, okay, versus someone who's training 100 times in the year, that's 50 more training sessions just because you're consistent, all right? Do you do all your reps? Do you skip reps, okay? Do you, you know, if you, you're supposed to come train in the morning, one day a week, do you be like, yeah, I'd rather sleep in? You know, do you find built-ins for why you can't be consistent? Those get you beat. Excuses get you beat. Consistency wins all the time. I think strength and conditioning coaches that are listening out there, once you get your kids consistently lifting, so their attendance is pretty good in the high school weight room, what you have to really focus on then is are they focused when they're in the weight room? Because we always tell our kids there's a difference of just getting a a lift in versus training and training with a purpose to get better. So just because you walk in the weight room doors and just because you're there and then you leave doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get better. So there has to be that situation when that hit the light switch when you're in there and you are just going and getting after it and understanding there's always a method to the madness of a program. But the person, the athlete has to put the work in. Just well, like Dean, being a coach. If I go in there and I'm just coaching and I'm supervising the weight room and I'm on my phone the whole time and I'm not paying any attention, I'm not getting athletes better. Well, I agree, Dean. I was just going to say that. Coaches, you dictate the atmosphere in the weight room. You know, are, are you engaged with the athletes? Because if you're not engaged... You can't expect them to be engaged. You know, the leader, you know, the, the, the athletes will follow their leaders and coaches, you're the leaders. 
you know, and if you're a senior or a captain, all right, you've got to bring the younger kids along. You can't, you see this a lot, you know, kids that when, because they're seniors, they feel like entitled that they can, you know, quote unquote, discipline the younger athletes or tell them what to do. Well, if you're not doing it yourself first, you have no right, no matter how many years you've been in a program to discipline someone that that's doing something that you're not even doing. So at the end of the day, consistency always wins. You know, it's always going to win. Um, it's proven over the, over the course of time. Um, if you're a coach, if you're consistently reading 10 pages a day, always in a book, you know, coach Polisek talked about that. If you're listening to podcasts while you're driving, trust me, the radio doesn't have a lot to listen to these days. Okay. We can listen about COVID. We can listen about wars. We can listen about, you know, which politician did that or most of us all have Bluetooth in our car. We can put on a good podcast. We can listen while we drive. It's going to actually make our mind clearer and we're going to absorb that information. Or, you know, you can just listen to all the garbage that's going on in the world and then get out of your car and be more angry than when you got in it. You know, so there's always opportunities for you to get better and to build some consistency into your life. The other thing we do that works really good, Brian, is you, coaches, make sure you're consistent with your culture in your weight room. For example, when our kids put the dumbbells on the dumbbell rack, the K's got to be pointed up. And, you know, there's sometimes when they don't do it, we got to get on the kids. Hey, go over there and make sure we do it right. Make sure you're putting your weights away. Be consistent. When you leave, the weight room should be just as clean as was when you arrive. Right. When you squat, I see a lot of people going max squats now. We're testing out all across. Are you consistently parallel? You know, every repetition, are you consistently parallel? Or when the weight gets heavier, are you allowing them to do a quarter squat? Right. So being consistent in everything that they do, if your kids got workout program, are they consistently putting them away? So they're not out. Is there pencils laying around in the Everything way that matters? Is there garbage? Everything matters and you got to be on it on a daily basis. So be consistent coaches and athletes hold the other athletes in your weight room accountable if they're not leaving or understanding those standards or living up to those standards, call them out, tell them to put their pencil away, tell them to put their weight away, tell them to put the bench back, tell them to put the dumbbells on the rack consistently and correctly. That makes, and maybe is a big difference in your culture is when the athletes are leading it, that will help you coaches out there as well. Well, Dean, we can use the, 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 the lines that coach Jones used in one of our first podcasts. That's not how we do it here, or that's how we do it here. You know, when you get kids saying that, then you have a strong culture and it's built off consistency, you know, and I can use the, the example you used about coaching kids to get the parallel or not bounce the bar off your chest or touch your chest in the bench press. If you coaches allow your best athletes not to get the parallel or to do things to, to cheat reps, your younger kids will see that and they will try and do it. Because if it's okay for the star to do it in the coach's eyes, it should be okay for everybody to do it. So a, a quick tip on my end that, that I always use, Dean, especially in our max effort days, 
is we coach extremely hard their buildup sets. So if they're even close to not being parallel on a squat, we get we talk to them, hey, got to get a little bit deeper on that. Make sure you sit in there. Because at the end of the day, if you allow them or not touch your chest on, on their buildup sets in the bench or anything else that, that needs some technical uh, correcting, you have to prime them to do it. So if it's always in their head, they're always thinking about it. So when the weight gets heavier, maybe a weight they've never done before, they've consistently, consistently, consistently been doing the rep or the exercise the way it's supposed to. But if you allow them in you know, lighter sets or dynamic effort sets to not do it correctly, when the weight gets heavier, they're, gonna, they're not going to be able to do it because they haven't practiced it. And so you have to all, you have to be coaching everything. And that falls back on consistency. If it's not done right, talk to them about it. Don't let your athletes um, wear you out. You know what I mean? You've got to wear them out with consistency. If they're not doing it right, talk to them about doing it right. Hey, I talked to you about this last set. We got to get this. Hey, we've gone over this a couple of times. We got to keep on. If you stop coaching them, they've won. And now they're going to go back to doing it the way that that maybe is incorrect. And if you allow them to do it when it's incorrect, there's a chance they might get hurt. And then that falls back on the coach for not saying anything. Last thing, Brian, as we wrap this sharpening the edge up is make sure coaches that you are praising all the little things that they're doing in the weight room as well. Yeah. Not just the, the results, because so many times, you know, we're praising the kid that's lifting a lot of weight. Make sure you are praising great technique. Make sure if your intent is 100% concentric, concentric movement on the bar, make sure you're praising and letting that person know because kids, especially middle school, high school, their bodies are changing so much that we know, Brian, if they're consistent, they're going to hit a growth spurt in there and they're going to just all of a sudden jump up and wait. And that's why it's so important to keep those athletes coming, having fun, so they're being consistent because consistency is going to bring big time gains. So always, always make sure that you're praising. Great spotter, great job motivating. You got your making sure everything's safe. The collars are on tight. The, the racks are set up. So if somebody doesn't get it, nobody gets hurt. Right. We always say the number one responsibility of the spotter is safety. We go safety is number one. Number two, the partner is always assessing their technique. They're coaching every rep, every rep. And I know you guys do that in the private sector. You're coaching every rep. If you're in a high school setting and you don't have a coach with low numbers of athletes, you got to coach your athletes to coach their partner, like they are doing one-on-one -on -one training. And then lastly, motivation. That's the last responsibility is the spotter is motivation. The spotter, the partner will be a game changer. It's a superpower to really help that athlete catapult to unbelievable gains. Christ coach, I'm ready to get in the rack. Let's go. Let's go. I'd love to have you spot me. I'd squat like 500 pounds again. Holy smokes. We love what we Man. do, brother. Okay, so just to kind of finish up here, Dean, I think all this stuff really falls together, which is really cool about some of the messages we had from Lucas and Dean, you know, investing in yourself, continually trying to develop. 
and consistently investing in yourself, right? All the time and taking ownership for, for who you develop yourself into as a coach, as an athlete. So it all falls together. You have to constantly be trying to get better. And that's, that's the purpose of our podcast. You know, we want people to get an edge on the competition. And how do you do that? You're consistent. You take ownership for what you do. And you're constantly looking for new ways for yourself to get better. Well, dog, I appreciate you taking a little time here today on your off day. Um, got anything else for our audience? No, I just a really great episode. I know we preach consistency all the time. and It sounds easy, but it's not. That's the challenge. Yeah, it's, it's not, not easy. Because everybody do it. And everybody be good, Brian, if it right. was, if everybody could do it. Right, exactly. And that's the best part about sports, everybody. You control it. You know, you control your improvement. You control your strength gains. Um, you know, if it's not, if something basic like sleep or hydration isn't important enough for you to invest time in, you may be doing the wrong stuff. You know what I mean? Find the simple things, control the controllables, invest in yourself, do it all the time, take ownership for yourself. That wraps up this edition of the Get Your Edge podcast. Got a great guest coming on uh, for our 50th episode coming up, actually, Dean, almost a full year. So really looking forward to having him on. We'll catch you all next time. Chop it.